you create a question to guide yourself. But you could say, what kind of part in a play would make me feel the most joyful? Write these questions down and follow your intuition with the questions you want to keep just between you and yourself. You can read it in the mirror or just sit with it. And there may be questions you want to share with the community, you know, the trusted community of advisors and friends we were talking about earlier. Yes. And allow the question to guide you. Welcome to Bridging the Potential, intergenerational conversations that change the world. This is Samuel Salvador Osborne Huerta, founding member of Living the Potential Network's Youth Advisory Council, with a question for you. What happens when you bridge the experience, education, and expertise of an elder with the curiosity, energy, and innate wisdom of a youth? It's simple. Everyone grows and the world changes for the better. One conversation, one connection, one collaboration at a time. Today's podcast is no different. Renee Beth connected me to Noah McIntyre, who is, among other things, a poet, a gratitude wellness coach, and the founder of the Discover Gratitude Movement, an organization which places an emphasis on improving quality of life through gratitude. I think you'll enjoy our conversation today about how practicing gratitude can help you be less anxious, live more in the present moment, and be truer to your most authentic self. One of my favorite moments from today's episode happens when Noah shares a memory about his experiences in London, which is where I am right now, and about how he explored Regent's Park following his intuition and curiosity. Enjoy. Hello everyone, my name is Renee Beth Poindexter and I am the founder of Living the Potential Network and I'm your host for today's podcast. When I wrote the book, Living the Potential, Engaging the Wisdom of Our Youth to Save the World, I set out to find ways uh, to create spaces where people could actually hear what the youth have to say because that's what this podcast is all about. I love these conversations where listening to a youth's dreams and concerns, we connect them with a mentor or an elder who has experience and wisdom to share and who is open to learning from the innovative spirit of the youth. This is reciprocal learning at its best. I just always leave these conversations inspired and I think you will too. Today, we have two amazing guests who are gonna engage in a wonderful conversation. Our mentor, too young to call an elder, and it's okay, a mentor slash elder is Noah, Press Gabriel McIntyre. And Noah is a wellness coach. He's a speaker. He's actually a course creator. He's a poet. And he's the founder of Discover Gratitude Movement. And he's been actually a practitioner of grateful living and mindfulness for over 35 years. It means he must have started when he was two. <laughs> And he holds a master's of arts in social sciences uh, with a concentration in gratitude um, with the transformative learning from Antioch University. And just a little side note, I've known Noah for quite a while and he's one of my most favorite people. And I got to introduce him to Samuel Osborne Huerta. And Samuel is a, a creative being and he's coming to us, well, he's from Twin, Twin Falls, Minnesota. And he's currently living 
on a special assignment in London, England. Um, he's actually studying acting and uh, performing, and he has quite a bit of creativity to bring to the world. So this is a perfect match. And I'm so excited for the conversation we're going to have today. So Noah, let's get started with you. Tell yeah. us a little bit about your background. Um, you know, we're, you, you've been on a journey that's brought you to discover gratitude and the building of a community, which we're calling a movement. Where did all this start? It did start, Renee Best, when I was two. And I was put on the meditation mat <laughs> with my father early in the morning. He would wake me up as a practitioner himself of Tibetan Buddhist meditation. And he would literally put me on the mat, give me my bottle, and I would sit with him for a few minutes and then I would fall back to sleep. So the idea of having a meditation, a mindfulness practice that could, you know, get me connected with those, you know, virtues and values like gratitude and mindfulness and loving kindness started really when I was that young, very much like what you said when you were in the introduction part of our podcast. And it continued with uh, meditation practices growing up in a Jewish and a Buddhist family. We called ourselves Jubus, which is actually <laughs> a term. Uh, and as a Jubu, I went and I had a bar mitzvah, but not just a bar mitzvah. It was a Buddha mitzvah. So we integrated actual Zen meditation ritual that I led with my godparents who were Zen meditation teachers and with my cousin who was a rabbi. So we actually had two uh, religious spiritual traditions merged into one ceremony. And that was my initiation into being an adult in uh, religious communities, both Jewish and Buddhist. And so the practices continued. On a road trip that I went on with my father, we discovered a Buddhist meditation uh, retreat center that was just starting called Pagosa Springs Tara Mandala Retreat Center. It was right there on the Continental Divide in Colorado. And we jumped into a journey for the next four years of starting a Buddhist family retreat and camp where I would discover many more spiritual traditions and rites of passage ceremonies, such as vision questing with a Lakota chief and a Cherokee medicine woman. Carrying that into my young adult years, I started getting very involved in transformative learning modalities and education, which is kind of how you and I ended up meeting in that process of learning about ontology and personal development and transformation these principles and practices carried me into what then became the Discover Gratitude movement over the last few years. So this kind of lifestyle of spirituality, mindfulness practice, uh, virtue, and kind of higher principle-based living and focus has been a part of my life since I was <laughs> two years old. And so that kind of gives you a sense of this uh, spiritual uh, transformative uh, kind of autobiographical experience that I've had leading up to this point. And I can share more with you about my passions for all these things and why it makes such a difference in kind of how I've grown up into young adulthood. But I wanted to share, like it did start when I was two, very much yeah. like what you said. And I, right. and I, appreciate, mm -hmm. I, I appreciate you for kind of tuning into that. That's really great. 
Absolutely. Well, part of the work that we do and living the potential network and um, Samuel is a youth advisory uh, council leader. Um, we have these conversations with like, well, what if we were actually born with a calling? And what if our whole life was about unfolding that calling so that we could actually live our divine purpose? And, you know, where else do we have these conversations? You know, I, I didn't have the fortunate upbringing like you of being on a meditation map when, when I was two years old with, uh, let's say, consciousness, you know, being in the air. <laughs> I didn't have that. My, the parents I chose were not, you know, in that space. How fortunate for you. And um, your father and your mother and the relationship that you have with them, you know, it's like, is that where the birthplace for gratitude started to come through as well? The, the birthplace for gratitude in like, you're talking about conscious, right? In a, in a conscious way that I can remember the word being introduced into my life experience was when I was 18, I had just graduated from high school and a mentor of mine, a business mentor of mine um, in an entrepreneurial endeavor that I was building with my family, introduced me to a book called The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles. Mm -hmm. And in the book, in this little green book, there's a chapter on gratitude. And somehow when I read the chapter on gratitude, it kind of made me realize that all the things I had been experiencing in my life were tied together by this one principle, this kind of metaphysical law that does explain a lot of the ways we can relate both to each other, you know, in the physical experience of life, but also to what we might not be able to see, which people might refer to as metaphysical, the kind of spiritual, like, experience of life uh, where you don't see the forms, but they're part of your life. Um, and so reading this chapter in this book, made me realize that all the different things I had been studying and exposed to were all connected to gratitude. And it gave me a focal point to bring everything I had learned to that point in my life together. And it gave me uh, what we called in my graduate program, a North Star to kind of guide the rest of my spiritual, personal and life development. It became a North Star that feels like it tied everything together that I had been learning and would come to learn. Mm -hmm. Well, there's this powerful energy that you're bringing forward. And I think it started because of the environment, the fertile learning environment you had. Um, what happened at two, what happened at 13 for your vision quests, your rites of passage, and what's yep. been building ever since. And when you were 18, you read the book, <clears throat> The Science of Getting Rich and the Gratitude. And so there were like seeds of this integration that had been, you know, kind of coming together into a new hybrid possibility for your life. It seems like, of course, I don't know whether we know that's happening when it's happening, but when you reflect back on that as we're doing right now, and then look at where you are now and thinking about what happened between 18 and you don't have to say how old you are right now, but let's just say two or three decades later, those seeds were planted and you integrated, 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 never let that go. It's, and it's come into like out of the formlessness into a form that's now larger than any one person can oversee. If, if, and that's why you call it a movement, I think. So tell us a little bit about 
what else happened when you had those seeds and then life happens while you're making other plans? Were there other things that miraculously showed up that were the perfect lessons at the perfect time while you were becoming an adult? Absolutely. And I'll start by saying that the reading of the book and getting into that material of the chapter was kind of like, and I want you to imagine this, like putting on a pair of glasses that were the perfect prescription where it just made everything in life seem clearer. And so looking through the lens of gratitude, going through the next two decades kind of helped me navigate both the triumphs and the tribulations that would come over the next two decades in my life from you know, mental health breakdowns and breakthroughs, uh, spiritual breakdowns and awakenings that would happen in my 20s into my 30s coming out fully as a gay man and realizing that a lot of coming out had to do with how confident I am in being grateful for myself and who I am and being able to share that truth with the world and then navigating the whole thing around dating and, you know, getting jobs and leaving jobs and finding new jobs <laughs> in, in, into a very unexpected experience I had of becoming a caregiver or what I like to call a care partner for my parents in my early to mid thirties. And that's where the beautiful resilience that comes from practicing gratitude really has gotten put to the test over the last decade. And when my father was diagnosed with Parkinson's 10 years ago, right around this time, and I had the opportunity to say, I want to care for you fully. That is not necessarily the right choice for everybody or the choice that you know one feels called to make, but you're talking about calling. You're talking about feeling guided and pulled forth by something. So the experience of gratitude and the principles of gratefulness and mindfulness and loving kindness that I had been raised with was like that fertile ground, Renee. It was in me kind of growing and growing and growing. And when my dad needed way more support, uh, primarily physical, but it would turn into a spiritual, emotional closeness and intimacy that I never expected would happen was a result of my ability to be grateful for myself and express my gratitude for him. So when you have a role in your life or your family, kind of the tables turn, if you will, and my father became like the child and I became like the parent in a lot of the physical ways of physically caring for someone in their body, I had to really turn to the gratitude he had instilled in me and the gratitude that we had built for each other to be able to endure a lot of health challenges and, and changes. And there's a lot of funny stories I could tell you. There's a lot of uh, traumatic moments that I could share. But the important thing was that my gratitude for myself and my father, it didn't just get put to the test, but it flourished. It flourished in this environment and experience of great challenge and, and tribulation, trying to figure out the long-term care system, how to you know, make the money and the relationships work. And kind of all the different pieces of the puzzle of caregiving and care partnering and navigating this also as a single gay man that didn't quite have a family or 
relationship established and then establishing my primary relationship with my partner in the midst of giving care to my dad. And then my mom would come later. We're in the middle of that care partnership kind of relationship with my mom being put to the test. And when this happened, being able to turn to yourself in the mirror and say, oh gosh, what am I grateful for about myself and my passion and my willingness and my commitment to really keep showing up for myself and my family in not the way that I should do, but the way I feel called to do. That's been a very important part of this process. And so to kind of tie this together, the seeds of gratefulness and love that my father and my parents instilled in me with these, in, in our culture, I would call them unusual practices, right? In other cultures, it might be more uh, common to have this kind of deep spiritual relationship um, in practices in multiple faith traditions overlapping in a family. Um, but when those things kind of all combined, it helped me kind of figure out in the midst of not knowing how to deal with a lot of these things, what to return to, return to the gratefulness, return to the breath, return to what I do care about in love. So I think those are important part of the evolution of this practice. And then three years ago during the pandemic, I needed even more support with this caregiving process. And I got a few friends together. I said, this kind of support for gratitude and returning to the present moment, I don't find it anywhere else. So we're gonna get together and talk about what we're grateful for. And those gratitude groups turned into not just my research at Antioch University, Renee Beth, as you know deeply about, but also turned into a coaching and wellness business, a series of programs where I could share what I had learned about gratitude with other people, and that's continuing to evolve through the organization of discovergratitude.org and the different things that we're learning and practicing together in that organization. That's amazing. I think there's a lot here to play with, right, Samuel? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, well, Samuel, it strikes me, I'd love Samuel Osborne Huerta to share a little bit about your background. I, and, um, sure. And you are an artist and a sensitive being and uh, a, a huge contributor. You know, Samuel has uh, created a show called Let's Just Talk that um, you'll be hearing more about perhaps today. And he's courageous and um, I think an old soul too, you know, if I can say that, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I think he can see things though that people can't see. And when you're young and when, you know, you see things and other people can't see it, you sometimes think there's something wrong with you. <laughs> And I keep telling Samuel, you are my teacher, young man. Let's learn together. <laughs> I'm hearing, you're sharing, and let me, let's have a conversation with Noah. So Samuel, tell us a little bit about your, what you're up to these days. And then yeah. um, what are some key questions you might have for Noah Gabriel sure. Press McIntyre? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, quick clarification about earlier. I, I grew up uh, primarily in, in the Twin Cities, primarily St. Paul. Right. Uh, but back and forth between Minneapolis and, and, and the two cities. Um, and I, what I'm up to right now is I'm in uh, London, <laughs> uh, London, England, uh, studying acting, Shakespeare specifically, um, through the uh, University of Minnesota slash Guthrie BFA actor training program. We're working on A Winter's Tale um, and, and we're doing a lot of like, you know, technique work and, and learning to 
rediscover how to play freely, which I think uh, ties into what you're talking yeah. about, a lot of what you're talking about, Noah, because it was so much of what we're learning is to uh, have gratitude for ourselves. I mean, so many of us have forgotten, like, like there was a, someone said to us, like, you know, you, you came into the program knowing how to act. We introduced all this new stuff and now you're wondering, God, do I even know how to do anything? And, uh, and they were saying that an important aspect of, of, you know, being able to, to access our truths is, is being grateful for ourselves and knowing that, yeah, we can do this. We do know what we're doing. We just have a lot more to think about. Um, uh, in addition to the acting program, I'm working a lot on uh, music. I've been trying to, uh, the goal sometime within the next year, I think is the timeline is, is to create uh, and, and produce an album uh, myself, just because music has always been storytelling has always been incredibly incredibly important to me and music is is one of the most important ways in which that's manifested for me uh my you know all of like my grandfather was a guitarist my biological father's a guitarist everyone on my mom's side <laughs> plays and performs music and and so I've always felt a deep connection to that and uh much like yourself I I love you know, language. I love poetry, and and so my favorite songs uh, and always have to do with like the the beauty of the lyrics. My my uh, grandma said that she really really liked, and I and I think I get this from her. She said that she really liked Cat Stevens <laughs> uh, because she was like, he's a poet. That's that's what he he's a musician, but he's a poet. Um, and so I just feel incredibly grateful. Speaking of gratitude, once more, uh, to to be here today with you because I, I mean, in this path that I'm following, uh, there's there's a lot of uncertainty. I, I mean, and 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 there's it can be hard to stay committed or or focused or like things can be incredibly challenging both internally and externally and so part of why uh your story about your father I mean resonated with me so much just now was that like you that that sounds like a very trying time and you were able to to go through that with gratitude and I think that it's really difficult for a lot of people myself included to even go through things that like we've been blessed with with gratitude like it's so easy to look at the things that the the, the challenges that we've been given and go I don't know what I'm gonna do <laughs> and I'm finding my way out of that I think I I, I find myself uh in a bit of a spiritual I, I don't know what I would call it but but certainly a little bit of a tumultuous situation uh where I am and and so I just have to say that hearing your story uh, means so much to me. I, I think it's I think it's really easy to forget that our journeys are not like a all right we have the goal and then it happens. <laughs> like there's all of these little things you know along the way and and it's long. It's it is a journey. Um, so that is uh that is what I am up to these days, and that is what I'm thinking and feeling in this moment. That's great, Samuel. Well, when you hear um. Noah's frame, you know, it's like, what happened at 13? What happened at eight? You just turned 21, yeah. Samuel. You just turned yes. 21. So I'm just curious. What question might you ask the 21-year-old Noah? 
Yeah. Like, you know, cause Absolutely. you said you're, you're going through a shift in your, you're moving into a new decade at, at age 21 yeah. and you know, you're a sensitive being who's creating and in a world right now that needs, um, what should I say? More love <laughs> and understanding and appreciation and what does art and have to do with it? Meaning music and acting. And what does that have to do with this overall raising the consciousness vibe <laughs> towards love, forgiveness, and gratitude. So at age 21, you have that awareness, but well, maybe you have a question for Noah related to his, what he was doing at 21 that brought him to where he is now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to know, I'm like, I would just love to hear about what, like, how, how did you, what were the parts of your life when you were 21 where you, where you felt lost and and what were the like obviously the the, the book uh that you read was was a, a guiding factor for you but I, I imagine that it it can be hard to to always keep those truths near and de- or like you know present at hand when when you're dealing with uncertainty so what were you what what at 21 what were you uncertain about what were you what were you and and how did you not combat it but how did you what did you allow yourself to be to get through that if you liked what you heard and want to listen to the rest of this incredible conversation you can do so by visiting livingthepotential.com forward slash membership and create a completely and forever free account with us and if you're interested check out the first two chapters of renee beth's book living the potential engaging the wisdom of our youth to save the world, which you can also find at livingthepotential.com forward slash book. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.